as I said, this month we've shared in the journey, and we've used children's Christmas stories to parallel the journey of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Andy found this great video where kids themselves share what they know of the journey of Christ from heaven to the manger, and we wanted to share it with you this evening. Watch this video and listen closely to their story of the journey. What's up? Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> That's so funny. It just made me laugh. Alright, so we're going to talk about the Christmas story. Take me to the beginning of the Christmas story. The angel appeared to Marianne and said, You are the most needed, and God dearly, dearly, uh, I don't know how to say, loves you. And, um, and you're going to have a baby. How am I I'm supposed to know? Because I'm not even married yet. Joseph, he had a white beard, white hair. He was wearing gray clothes. So he looked like Gandalf. You shall not pass! And what did Mary look like? She had like a dress on, but it was white. And like a little cape over her, her head. And then Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem on the donkey. Uh, how long do you think it took? Maybe about five days. That sounds about right. Then the donkey went to Bethlehem. They wanted to find a pl- an inn. This is a place called Inns. All the inns were all too full. They were just like kind of disappointed. One man said, you can go to my stable where all my animals are. And they went on to the barn that they told them about. There was a cat in the barn. There was some nice sheep. Elephants, donkeys, cows, chickens. A camel. Like a doctor so Mary can get a baby out. Mm-hmm. The baby was born, and all the animals gave us joy, and, and then the cat made them a bed. They um, used a manager where animals eat out of. They put um, baby Jesus into the manager. No, 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 it was a manger. Some shepherds in the field. I think they were babysitting sheep. One angel up here said that your state savior has been born in a stable in Bethlehem. And all suddenly, um, a whole army of angels um, appeared to them singing, Respect God in all of his way, your ways, I think. And, then, um, and they say, Give praise, there's a baby. There was three kings. They followed a star. I think it was God. Then they saw a staple. They went in it. They said, we should probably give some presents. And what gifts did they give him? Maybe milk. Christmas tree. A turkey and a snowman. They gave big, they gave big joy. They had a great day. And that's the end of the story. And that is the greatest story ever told. How do you think you did? Nailed it. (laughs) 
As you can see, there's uh, many variations of the Christmas story. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they just cracked me up. I just couldn't get over that. Um, many variations of the Christmas story. In just a second, we're going to tell you the true Christmas story. But right now, we're going to sing just a little bit more. Will you go ahead and stand with us? Hark the herald angels sing, joyful Please be seated. As we continue in the journey, I want to share with you one of my favorite readings about the birth of Christ. And what I like most about this is not that it originated in TV, but what I like most about it is it was a time when uh, the Coca-Cola company approached Charles Schultz and said, hey, take your characters from your comic strip and make a Christmas special for us. And he said, okay, but I'll only do it if I can include the true birth story of Jesus from the Bible. And of course, the marketer said, that'll never sell. They won't, they won't go for it. And it's been one of the, the top running Christmas specials ever since. So let's take a look at how Charles Schultz used the peanut characters to tell us what Jesus' Christmas journey was all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. What about you? Have you lost sight? Do you often look around this time of year and wonder what Christmas is really all about? The answer is probably closer than we think. You see, Christmas is all around us and there's much history and there are many reminders and the decorations and the things that we use and we probably don't even realize it. For example, many people have wreaths like this one over here. The evergreen is a symbol of God's everlasting love, his eternal love for us. And just like a wedding ring, it's round with no beginning and no end, a reminder that God's love for us never ends. Many wreaths were originally decorated with holly. Holly represents immortality or everlasting life. The sharp prickly leaves of holly remind us of the crown of thorns worn by our Savior, and the red berries serve as a reminder of his blood that was shed for us. Perhaps one of the most famous of all Christmas decorations is the Christmas tree. 
has more meaning than you probably realize. Legends and folklore abound about how this decoration came to be in the midst of all those stories. History and tradition have blended into what we now know of. For instance, back in the 8th century, there was a bishop named Boniface, and he used the tree, took it into his church, and he used the tree to teach about the Trinity of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just as the tree has three corners, the top, and then go either side, it makes a, it makes a triangle, if you will. And he used that as an example. He said, just as the tree has three corners, it's still one tree. So God is one God that exists in three persons. From there, tradition tells us that churches began cutting evergreen trees and hanging them up in order to use them as a, as a, symbol, a symbol for the Holy Spirit, for, the, for God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for the Trinity. Centuries later, in medieval times, this is one of my favorite things I learned about Christmas and decorations. The, uh, in medieval times, knights and kings and people like that would, would decorate a tree, but they called it the Feast of Adam and Eve. And they would decorate a tree and they celebrated using apples and twist of bread. And, and the, the story says that the, um, the, the, it, it was resembling the tree of knowledge where Adam and Eve took the fruit that was forbidden for them. And so the apple, red apple, served as a reminder of sin entering the world. And the twist of bread reminding us that Jesus was the bread of life. And that's how they would celebrate in medieval times. It seems fitting to think that that's where garland came from. Twist of bread wrapped around a tree became garland. Red apples turned into red Christmas ball ornaments over the years, and other colors have been added. But traditionally, the colors of Christmas all remind us of our Savior and His promises. Red, green, white, and gold serving as a reminder of the best gift and the greatest story told about the King of Kings. Not long after the Adam and Eve tree, as I call it, tradition states that Martin Luther was on his way home after a late Christmas Eve service. As he walked home, he saw the light from the stars reflecting off icicles that hung from a small evergreen tree. And it's it's told that he cut that tree down and took it home, set it up on a table and put candles on it. And then he told his children the story of Jesus's birth and how Jesus is the light of the world. As soon after that, people began decorating what we now know as the Christmas tree. Over the years, people have added other decorations that help explain the Christmas story. Traditionally, a star or an angel was placed on top of the tree. The star reminding us of the star of Bethlehem. And the angel reminding us, the angels that heralded his birth. Over time, candles were replaced with our modern day Christmas lights. But the meaning behind them should never change. Even the gifts that we place under our tree are a reminder of the wise men who followed the star and presented the Christ child not with milk and a snowman and a turkey, but instead with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Even a simple candy cane. A traditional candy of Christmas can be used to remind us that Christmas is about Christ. When it's hung on the tree, it represents a shepherd's crook, which reminds us that Jesus was our good shepherd who came to seek and to save the lost. Turned upside down, it turns into the letter J, the reason for the season. And it is red and white, the red representing his blood that was shed for us, the white representing our sins being washed away and us being made clean by the greatest gift ever, the perfect Lamb of God. Later on tonight, as you go home and turn on your Christmas tree lights and look at your gifts, 
and your ornaments, I hope that you will pause for just a moment to marvel in the fact that God the Father sent Jesus His Son to live among us, to walk with us, and ultimately to die for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And when He rose again and ascended into heaven, He then sent the Holy Spirit to live within us when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. You see, the light of the world came that we may have eternal life with Him. And that, my friends, is the gift. That is the true gift of Christmas. As we pause in our celebration this evening to share with one another in communion, let's remember His love, not just tonight, but every day. Will you pray with me? And then we're going to have a moment of communion with you all. Father God, I thank you once again for this evening. I thank you that we can all be here. Lord, I thank you that you saw fit to send your son as the final uh, sacrifice, but the ultimate gift for our sins. Lord, I pray that we won't remember that just this evening during this time of communion, but that we will remember it throughout every day in this coming year, that we will reflect the light of your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Would the men who are going to serve come forward?
The message is simple. As we said, the greatest gift has come to be with us. And so the rest of this evening, we're going to sing a few songs, and then we're going to have our candlelight service. We'll continue. Will you stand and sing with us, please? Your 
Christian Church this month on our little trees out in the front there are words like peace and joy it's we've got it up here on this candle we've sung about it and here in this moment with candles lit and lights down I think we've all experienced and felt both of those things and so this evening I always say it's great to be here but now it's time to go and it is indeed time to go and to continue celebrating the birth of our Savior and the best gift ever, which is also part of the greatest story ever told. Will you sing this last song with us? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive a king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And the heaven and the nature sing. Please blow your candles out before you put them in the little box. <laughs> 